1: Okay, so I wanted to give this little disclaimer before the episode started. In my segment of the yearly recap, there are some stories that I did mention where I was talking about it um, previously in the show. That was previously re- that was my previously recorded news and gossipish segment, which I had to scrap because of the length of the episode. So if you hear me a couple of times say like I mentioned earlier, please, me- please ignore that completely and just um, go on and listen to all of my favorite moments of the year and just relax and just know that that was a mistake that was made on the on the part of your girl stephanie i'm only human i am not perfect so this is just a little disclaimer telling you what's going on thank you and enjoy the rest of this um episode love y'all
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah making her way to the mic they start dimming the lights you start feeling all right from Birmingham, home with the Teddy Longs and the Ruben Stutters. More once you discover. For all of the lovers of Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns. For all of the lovers of Mickey James and Marvin Gaye. All of the lovers of Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk, Sonic, and Paige. Allow me to say, Look, I just found a place. Sweet escape for every one of us. I was kinda late. Cause I just made it off the struggle bus. Walking by the fate, cause I know it's right in front of us. Yo, I ain't with the hate. Gotta focus on what's great. Ladies and gentlemen. That party is on the air Had to drop a couple bars Just to make you all aware So sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the Wrestle Hey y'all Welcome to the season 3 finale of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. So on this show I have the amazing and talented AEW referee and podcast host Aubrey Edwards as a guest. And I'm going to talk about my yearly recap where I talk about my favorite moments in wrestling from this year. And of course, right now you're listening to one of them being Josiah Williams, aka Wrestling Flow, doing this theme song. Thank you, sir. So please sit back, relax, and listen to this episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Catch the vibe, y'all. right so on the hardy wrestling podcast i am so happy and honored to have the awesome referee and just jill of all trades aubrey edwards on like how are you i'm so happy to have you here
2: i'm doing absolutely great and i definitely appreciate your gendered use of the word jill of all trades uh very very happy thank you appreciate that very much
1: Oh, definitely. Because, you know, it's like you can say Jack of all trades, but, you know, I mean, but you're a woman. So we it's best to say Jill. I like saying Jill of all trades.
2: Let's let's promote the ladies as best we can. So I, I'm always down.
1: Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So I'm going to start um, by asking you what I ask all of my um, guests on the show. And that's when did you fall in love with wrestling?
2: <laughs> so I've, I've told this story before, but now it's become very funny. Uh, I fell in love with wrestling when I saw CM Punk do the pipe bomb. I had only watched wrestling once before then. It was Wrestlemania 27. I got together with a bunch of friends. I didn't know anything that was happening. I had to Google The Undertaker. Literally know nothing at all about wrestling. And I just happened to watch the the pipe bomb, which I think was like three months later. And immediately it was like, oh my god, this is incredible. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. How much of this is him being a character versus how much of this is him being real and now it's like the fact that i work with someone like cm punk is kind of just like trippy to me he's still like this big celebrity but like at the same time he texts me and like talks crap about my hockey team so like this is my (laughs) life and it's wild
1: that's funny (laughs) it's so funny that you would say that because i actually went to wrestlemania 27 um, mm-hmm. I was like 17 years old um, <laughs> And that was like the last Wrestling event, the last big wrestling event I went to before um, I was starting college, so that was a big Deal for me, I was so excited You know, to be there with my sister and my dad And stuff, and it's so great That it was the pipe bomb that kind of Set it off for you, like if you're gonna start somewhere You're gonna start you with the bang start. <laughs> Yeah, and then the fact <laughs> That you're working with him now, like that has to be A cool full circle moment
2: it's it's wild it's absolutely wild we did this like little uh we're doing this big marketing event coming up this summer and me and him work together to do some promo shots last weekend wednesday and we're like both sitting in the makeup chair and i'm just you ever have those moments where you sit back and go what is my life like, yes that's kind of what i'm feeling like right now more <laughs> so than i have like any of the last three years of this AEW adventure
1: yeah that's basically been me all this year all this year (laughs) but yeah we're here to talk about you so um before wrestling did you have anything that you did professionally sort of before um you decided to
2: pursue wrestling as a career yeah uh i had kind of like an entire different (laughs) i had an entirely different life that i led before wrestling um i'm originally a uh software developer uh software developer so i worked in video games for 10 11 years or so uh i actually went to college to get my computer science degree so i am a programmer i'm a huge nerd um i worked on i think i shipped six different video games i've worked on 12 or 13 at this point uh i I do work with AEW games so i've kind of come full circle in that respect but yeah i had a full-on career and like all these other things that i was doing and then outside of that i was dancing classical ballet which had been a hobby of mine since i was nine years old so it was sort of I did the software development during the week and then the ballet in the evenings and on the weekend and then uh once I turned about 30 ballet just sort of got replaced with wrestling so I was doing wrestling practice uh referee practice on the week on the evenings and then doing indie bookings on the weekends
1: wow that is so amazing it's like like you're, it's like ballet and then you have wrestling thrown in there and then you have software developing like it's like you're it's like the entire gambit of stem and arts all mixed into one person that's amazing
2: i'm uh, i'm very good at uh cocktail events i have a lot of things i can talk about
1: oh my goodness wow that is <laughs> that is amazing like so was, so when you were pursuing wrestling, were, were those, um, passions of yours hard to sort of like put to the side or give up or, or in a sense, but not
2: really give fully up? So it was, it was interesting from sort of two perspectives. Like I, I never trained as a wrestler. I actually had zero interest in ever becoming a wrestler. I was more than content being a fan. Uh, my husband was doing some work on the indies and I was more than fine being like supportive wife and whatnot. Cause I was you know dancing. And doing my shows and stuff. I was working with uh, a local non-profit dance organization, so I was real busy with that. And then roughly right around the time I turned 30, it was like my pre-midlife crisis, uh, I had to leave dance for a number of reasons. Uh, It it kills your body, and I was just falling apart. There was a number of emotional, mental health reasons why I needed to leave, but I left dance, uh, got really depressed because dance is one of those things that just allows you to sort of express yourself And I didn't realize how big a part of my life that that was. So I actually had a friend reach out to me and say, Hey, have you ever tried wrestling? Or thought that maybe that could be something? I'm like, why would I do that? Um, So it was sort of easy to just like slot one thing in for another because as soon as I go to a couple practices, I learned that wrestling is just another art form. It's the great American performance art. It's just, it's even more, to me, it's more fascinating because it's the only one that has a symbiotic relationship with its audience where based on what the audience is doing in real time, you can actually change what the performers are doing. That's not something you experience with movies or television or even classical dance. So that is really what drew me in. And ultimately, I mean, I'd been doing a career for 10, 11, 12 years at this point. And it's one of those, I was more than content to stay in games and do this referee thing on the side as a hobby because that is how I lived my entire adult life up to that point but when the opportunity presented itself to make AEW my primary focus, uh, I'd be kind of silly to say no. So I took a pause on the uh, software development side of my life for a couple months. And then once AEW figured out that I knew how to make video games, I started working in our games division. So uh, lucky me, I ended up doing both, so. (laughs)
1: yeah you know your story sounds kind of similar to my story with music as well like I was sort of the choir girl so I was making all of my life about singing all of the time until you get out in the real world and you're just like oh lord what Um, (laughs) and then you sort of have a little bit of a crisis you know towards your mid-20s you know late 20s in my case and you're trying to figure out what what is it about me that can actually stick and what will I feel happy doing and Mm -hmm you know and just like you wrestling turned out to be that thing you know because i I'd been watching it since i was four and it's just like you know i never expected wrestling to become so much of you know a huge monster of you know in my life the way that it's become but i'm really happy in that world and it seems like you found a sense of fulfillment in that as well
2: 100 percent, and i think there's Like, it's the fulfillment that I knew I needed, the ability to perform in front of an audience and to get that satisfaction, but also it's become much bigger than that. It's the fact that there aren't a lot of female referees and now I'm using my platform to kind of change a little bit about what people see this role as. Um, I get to reach out to other people and talk about mental health. I get to talk about, Uh, being a bisexual woman. Like there's so many different things that wrestling has afforded me that I never ever could have imagined. So not only is it just the personal satisfaction, but it's, it's being able to help make a positive impact in the world. Yeah, definitely.
1: It's always great when you can use your platform to sort of, you know, help others and not make it all about you because at the end of the day, you know, we have to do, you know, what's best, you know, not only just for ourselves, but also to help others as well. So it's really great that you're passionate about using your platform to help others in that way. So when you started, you know, your wrestling journey, who exactly trained you, you know, in terms of wrestling and refereeing and, um, and basically, what were the best lessons that you learned during that training time?
2: Oh, boy. Uh, I was trained at a... Unfortunately, they're no longer around. The pandemic sort of uh, put the nail in the coffin for them. But there was a local promotion in Seattle called 3 one Battle. And I'd say the easiest comparison is if you took Jakara and added a lot of swearing. Uh, that's what 3 one Battle was. It's very comedy-focused, very over-the-top, uh, very performative more than uh very hardcore wrestling not to say that we didn't have that uh there was one time i i've roughed multiple amazing technical matches through that promotion that are all super deep with like negro navarro timothy thatcher like all of these guys that are big names in that scene had come through there so that was sort of like where my start was and uh i would say i have two coaches uh there was uh chris samuels who was our head referee And then Steve West, who was uh, the booker and promoter for the promotion. He was our head coach. So I sort of had those two guys guiding me down the path of referee. So I had someone guiding me in my basics, what it is that I needed to do as far as like filling the role, how I handle different situations in the ring, uh, before and after matches, all those things. But then also having the wrestler perspective from Steve was really important because we're all one team in the ring. I always tell people that the referee's number one job is to tell a story, but it's never your story you're telling. It's always the wrestler's. So you can study till you're blue in the face about what it means to be a referee, but understanding how your role impacts the wrestler and what it is they're trying to do, I think is vitally important.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people really don't take that into account a lot of the time because they're so focused on the stars. (laughs) And it's cool to be focused on the stars and everything, but a lot of people really don't put put into perspective how important referees are either so I'm glad you were able you know to learn that in fact I actually enjoy watching the referees you know as they sort of matriculate through a match and how they sort of help to you know like just be able to move everything forward and maybe move stuff backwards kicking people out and all that other stuff like it's important like it's a pretty important part so i'm really glad that you had that experience (laughs) so it's just like a lot of people just don't take that into account so i'm glad that that was a thing that you learned so how exactly you know has the wrestling scene treated you you know since you've started since you had started your referee journey
2: uh i have had like a, a really fantastic journey through wrestling and i know wrestling uh can be uh, it can be a lot of things to different people. And I think a lot of it is I was surrounded by a lot of very supportive individuals. Uh, the Seattle wrestling scene is very close knit. And I think having attended shows for a year and a half beforehand and then becoming a performer myself, uh, there was already an understanding of I knew the product, I appreciated the product, uh, I had a fascination for everything that my now, you know, locker mates were doing. Um, but it ultimately made getting into wrestling very easy because, uh, a lot of, I started in Seattle, but a lot of my indies was, you know, down in Portland, Oregon or Vancouver, British Columbia. So between three and four hours east and north, uh, north and south. Um, but all of us ended up working together. So it's, it's a very great group of people who all build each other up and give each other opportunities so if it's one of those groups that if you worked hard you got the spot they made sure that you had you know a great platform that oh you're you're kicking ass cool we're going to put you in the main event at this big show like it was really really great to just be afforded those opportunities and get to work with awesome talent that was coming through um worked a, a lot of big shows that like say defy ended up getting really big right around that time and they were bringing in major talent and i always personally feel that you become a better uh, better at anything when you work with different people and work with people who are more experienced than you so being able to work with people who had television experience helped make me a better referee um, and eventually it came down to I ran into Frankie Kazarian at an indie uh, right before AEW got announced and you know it turns out we have an excellent time working together that night he remembers my name and you know the rest is history gives my name to the Bucks and then five months later I'm in Vegas <laughs> <laughs> cool so it sounds like you had a
1: really great support system, and that's really good to hear. Because in some cases, depending, you know, on different people's, you know, experiences, sometimes they do have a great support system. Sometimes they don't. They some sometimes they feel like they have to go it alone. But in your case, it seems like you really did have people who really had your back. So that's 100%. really, yeah. So that's really good to hear from that perspective. So would you say that you have a strong fan base?
2: Oh boy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> i would say i have a strong enough fan base that uh there was justification to make an action figure of me so which is yeah, wildly fascinating and to this day i'm just like the hell is it even possible? possible um it's it's incredibly humbling because uh rarely in like the last like i don't know few few years like referees names have been set on television and that's something that we've been doing since day one at AEW because referees are performers just as the wrestlers are and we want to give them the credit for what they're doing on screen and the work they're putting in in the ring so the fact that people even know who I am is kind of like I, I I appreciate that but then seeing like the the Twitter following and the Instagram following and just seeing it completely skyrocket. I'm like, why do people care? <laughs> you ever always have always had that imposter syndrome of like, what is it that yes. I'm doing? Like, I literally just wear stripes and I <laughs> yell at people who play fight in their underwear. Like, why do I why do I have this, all this acclaim? But I think it's because in wrestling and in a lot of forms of media nowadays, people like to follow people that they believe in, and people that they see as organic and uh, who are true to themselves and i'm extremely appreciative that aew has allowed me to be myself um i always say like i'm i'm an actress playing a referee on tv like i'm actually Brittany, and i play a character named Aubrey. and i think people see that a little bit they see that it's me and they see my experiences come through and who i am as a person on tv they see that authority figure it's like well i was a project manager for a long time so a lot of that kind of feeds into it <laughs> um but it's great because i see a lot of positive Conversations happening on, on on my Twitter, on Instagram, on AEW's Twitter. Uh, it's it's just completely fascinating. So it's to be to have the idea that a ref can be popular, and like it's still just completely fascinating to me. It was like, oh, did you know you have the number one selling action figure? Like, what is my life? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just appreciative of everything. I know it could all be gone tomorrow. So I'm just riding the wave.
1: Yeah, and I wanna say congratulations because I know that has Thank to you. be a huge deal to have an action figure. Like the idea that kids, you know, see you on T V and then they wanna buy it and they were like, Oh I, yeah. I wanna play and I wanna be ref Aubrey, like you know, like all these kids grabbing action figures, like I'm gonna be Cody, I'm gonna be this person, I'm gonna be Aubrey. I wanna like, be Aubrey. <laughs> right, like that's that's gotta be
0: lit.
2: Like it's that's so gotta cool. be it's incredible. A- my mom texted me a picture. She actually put my action figure in the Christmas tree and said, oh. I made you an ornament and then sent me a video of the cat batting me down. Like, it's just like this, who would have ever thought that this conversation could even be happening right now.
1: <laughs> that is so wonderful. <laughs> that is so cute. You're in a tree. And- cat (laughs) cats just love to knock stuff down don't they Cat
2: doesn't care cats just wants aubrey out of the tree
1: (laughs) exactly so you did um mention about um how the pandemic affected a place where you used to um train so how exactly would you say the pandemic affected your career in any way shape or form and did you and how were you able to bounce back from that
2: um i would say the biggest thing is i was still doing indies regularly prior to the pandemic um, aew is really uh, a giving company and they allow us the flexibility to work with companies outside of just aew uh of course it's all on a case-by-case basis but i was still actively very involved in my local scene which is great because i wanted to give back to the people that helped give me uh, the ability to be successful um so watching all of that sort of shut down during the pandemic was incredibly sad um especially because I have so many friends in wrestling where that was their primary source of income and all of a sudden that dries up and it's heart-wrenching and it's it almost feels guilty in a way because we were extremely fortunate to be based out of Florida and being able to travel to Jacksonville to still put on shows even in empty arenas that you know for me my travel schedule changed but I was still working and to understand how grateful we absolutely were in that moment to be able to still do what we do. Uh, made me so so appreciative so as Washington state started to open up things and we've started to do shows again I've been making sure that I go back and I attend all the shows and I support all my indie wrestlers because I want uh, I want our scene to grow back uh, to where it was before to the the booming side of it so I'm trying to just do what I can to support how I can so um like for instance I mean I'm coming out to Alabama in January for my first indie gig since the pandemic so i'm a terrified I'm not gonna lie (laughs) I was like oh man I don't know how to like ref on the indies anymore I might I might die (laughs) well um
1: I can say as a fan um experiencing the pandemic was and experiencing wrestling you know in the eyes of this pandemic it was really hard because I was wondering you know how this was going to affect wrestling because it's just like You know for such a long time you had the ability and the option to go to shows and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you don't anymore and then when you're watching tv you don't see people and all this other stuff you have to you know get used to the arenas being empty but something that i did appreciate Was the fact that you guys, you know, were able, you know, across the board um, Were able to, you know, pick up and still persevere in the midst of that And it was a, wrestling is always, you know, a great escape And it was always really Mm -hmm. nice to sort of, you know, forget about everything that was going on With, you know, that, with that hard time that we're still technically in And be able to, you know, escape into something that was still going on Because wrestling was still happening while a lot of sports weren't and it was just and it was just so nice to be able to sort of you know bask in the in the glow of still having wrestling even though it was a little bit different you know and even though the indies of course you know have a little bit more of a harder time sort of bouncing back from that i'm sure that they will find their way because they're tough and you know and because we're tough
2: they're gonna find a way
1: so it's gonna work out i'm trusting that it's gonna work out um, will.
2: i feel like wrestling kind of teaches you that you need to be scrappy in order to survive and be successful and uh there's a lot of scrappiness in indie wrestling it's part of the reasons why i love it so much is you've got that like we just got to drive we just got to drive forward make it happen yes
1: definitely so how exactly do you feel about the state of wrestling like what's great about it um to you
2: Um, What's great about it? Um, I I love that there's so much in wrestling right now. Like, for a long time, WWE was the only product on television, and now we're also a product on television, which competition always helps everyone because then there's different options for fans, there's different options for wrestlers to work at. Um, I think it's presenting different kinds of wrestling to people because a lot of people see wrestling as one singular thing, but a lot of times people don't realize that wrestling is a lot like a buffet, right? Like, you don't go to a buffet and only have one kind of food. Like, some people go there and eat the steaks, Some people go there and eat the chicken. Some people just straight up hit the dessert bar. Um, <laughs> and, like, you have, you have people like Kenny Omega and Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. You have all these guys that have different styles and different backgrounds and different stories. And wrestling has sort of become a smorgasbord that is introduced to a new audience. And I think that's the part that I love most about wrestling right now. And even too like we have a very very diverse roster we have different you know body types different sizes different genders different races different sexual orientations like it's definitely become something that we can show people you can be a wrestler and you can have success in this you don't have to be a 6'4" dude in order to pull this off and have a living like you can look like how you look and if you're the best at what you do there are opportunities for you
1: yeah definitely like it is really cool to see you know that there's a lot more diversity in wrestling um in what you can watch it is really fun it kind of reminds me of how hectic the 90s kind of was even though I was a child and didn't understand you know you know the the science behind the numbers and all the ratings and stuff like that because I was a child you know WCW and both of those things and WWE being on television just meant that wrestling was just on, and that's all I knew. But you know, yeah. when you grow up and you learn about you know how stuff actually works, you're just like, wow, like this was actually a big deal. And you see something like what's happening now, and it's just growing more and more. And it's just, and I feel like really the winners are really all of us fans, and basically all the people 100%. who work in it. Like we're all the winners, you know, and all the better for it because there's so much wrestling, you know, for everyone and not just, you know, for a specific set of people. So exactly. that's, you know, so that's always the greater thing. So what, which, what is your stance on the state of women's wrestling
2: now? Ooh. Um, I think, I mean, I, I think women's wrestling has come a long way since, I think, if we look at say like the eighties or the nineties, like women are having competitive matches, Uh, that are very physical women are main eventing shows women are main eventing the biggest shows of the year uh in my mind women are equal competitors to men and i think part of that is just i've always seen it that way um i've always been an equal to my male counterparts so why wouldn't female wrestlers be equal to their male counterparts right um Mm -hmm. i really appreciate that we're getting past the what is it the the like novelty aspect of it like Um, I was talking to Ruby about this on my podcast, but uh, I refed Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker at the Arthur Ashe Stadium for AEW Grand Slam, and the women main evented the biggest show in AEW history, but that was not a selling point. That was not something that was like we're promoting this. It just happened to be a thing. And for me, that's a symbol of how far we've come as an industry that it's no longer a checkbox that we're trying to hit. It's more or less a thing that happens that gets people excited. Um, I know that, for instance, like Sheeta and Serena Deeb have this amazing feud going on right now. And when they first had a match announced, I remember seeing chatter on Twitter about it, and everyone was saying, I'm most excited about this match on the show. And I think that match itself did a great number that episode. So It's, we see women themselves being the draw. We see women being in the main event, but we don't think about it as, oh, the women are doing really well. It's like, no, the wrestlers are doing really well. And I think that's really important and a good indication as far as where we've come as women's wrestling is concerned.
1: Yeah, all of that is absolutely true. I 100% agree with that. Like to, and here again, as a fan, just watching women's wrestling grow from from where it has been to now it's just been you know an absolute blessing because a part of me always wonder when are the women going to be able to fight like the dudes and once they did and once you know it started happening more and more and more especially even more on a mainstream level it i just it just it's really great to witness and see and it just lets you know that there isn't anything that you can't do so mm-hmm. it just makes the little girl in me very happy to see people like Ruby Soho and Britt and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, um, main eventing. And it is the norm. Like you can wake up one day and watch a wrestling show and the women are the main event. And you don't think twice about it. Like it's fantastic. It's like you can watch a match and see someone like you, you know, or a Jessica Carr, you know, re- or an Aja Smith, you know, refereeing. And it's normal. And it's just so Mm -hmm. wonderful that it's getting to that point because there's gonna be a new generation of women who are gonna see y'all and be like, you know, I can do that. And that's really great. And I'm just really happy that women's wrestling is growing. Of course, there's always room for improvement in all things,
2: but I'm really,
1: yeah, but I'm really happy that it is at least growing to that aspect where it's normal for women to be out at the forefront and it's really great. And the fact that you're part of that evolution too, like that, that is, I know that has to feel amazing too.
2: It's, it's great. It's knowing that right now we sort of see, we still see reffing as this male dominated portion of the wrestling industry and thinking about, I was actually talking to Aja about this recently, but thinking about where we're going to be 20 years from now, like, is that still going to be the perception of what refing in wrestling is? And I don't think so. I think there's a lot of things that very, there's not enough, not a lot of us at this level, but what we're doing right now to sort of change the perception that when people turn on a TV and they see me refing a match, they don't really think, well, you know, this is going to be different than, you know, the dudes because of X. It's like, no, this is going to be different because she's authoritative and because she doesn't take any guff from them. It's more about (laughs) my personality than my gender. And that's the thing that's really valuable to me
1: yeah now i have noticed that in some of the matches that you have refed on aew and even in other matches you know sometimes the wrestlers can get a little bit tough with you like not even just the fact that they would yell at you or something but even to the point to where it sometimes they'll push you or shove you like is that something that you're comfortable with because i remember the first time i saw it i was like wait whoa Stop! But <laughs> like,
2: don't do that.
1: I, but is that something that you're comfortable with? Like, it's like really.
2: <laughs> so this is like the the peeling back the curtain type thing. I think it was my second indie show ever. My mom went to, and I ended up getting shoved by a wrestler and she freaked out and she's like how dare he do that I'm like mom 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 we talked about this it's fine we did we i actually proposed it like i thought i would like because he was a big heel and he was trying to heat and i'm like no no no. just push me it's fine i'm over it's great um uh, and like to tell her oh it's 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 predetermined we talk about it ahead of time like anytime i'm in the ring and something happens to me it's because i've talked with my coworkers ahead of time about it um consent is super important to me uh it's not just something we talk about in sex i think it's something that we talk about in everything physical in our lives like i don't want to do something in the ring i'm not comfortable with because ultimately one my safety is important but two also like i want it to come off as authentic and if i don't believe in what's happening then that's what's going to happen now from a storyline perspective if you don't want to shove me for the sake of shoving me like then what are we doing? It's kind of wasted. So if you have someone like Maxwell Jacob Friedman shoving me, like you bet your ass I'm gonna shove him back. <laughs> so that's sort of where we end up getting into the weeds a little bit like, okay, well, if you shove me now you're changing your story a little bit cause I'm not gonna like just sit back and take it dude. Like this is who Aubrey is. <laughs> so I think that's the important thing. And it's hard a lot because fans, I think in 2021, know the predetermined nature of wrestling. But at the end of the day, we know we're doing a good job if, say, you have that reaction where you see someone shove me and you're just like, oh. and then you get mad because that means we're doing our job.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's so funny you brought up MJF because that was a person who I saw do it. The, like, and I was just like, wait. <laughs> I'm oh, mad. Yeah. That I'm was a so funny. Oh, God. <laughs> it sounds so silly. But I was, I was really, I was kind of riled up and I was like, Lord, no, uh, you weren't the only
2: one I got a couple texts after that like how dare he and I'm like guys it's fine (laughs) oh
1: okay well you know as long as you're okay you know
2: with it that's all that matters that's all that matters oh yeah I love I love everything I get to do and I'm very appreciative any time that like my coworkers decide hey we're gonna put a little spotlight on Aubrey for a second uh just as long as it makes sense for the story that's ultimately my whole thing is does it tell the story the wrestlers want to tell then yes let's go for it
1: okay great so what matches would you say are the hardest to sort of keep up with as an authority figure like what's
2: the most hectic match you've ever done the most hectic match i've ever done was blood and guts in mm-hmm. uh, may of 2021 it was two cages two rings uh and we weren't in the ring uh it was me and bryce Ramsberg, and then he ended up getting taken out by tully blanchard so the later half of the match was just me Um, but part of the ref's role is not just, you know, being the authority figure and trying to enforce rules, but something like that, there's a match that doesn't have rules, yet I'm telling you the story about how it's, like, the most difficult match I've ever done, and it's because I'm trying to yell production cues to people 20 feet across the ring while trying to not have the camera hear me, and you know, tell everyone, hey, we have five minutes until the next commercial to a million people at home watching. It's it's incredibly difficult and stressful because we have the confines of a television show and we're trying to work within uh, the space that TNT gives us. And that's part of why I love being a ref is it kind of breeds into everything I gained from my project management experience in games is that we're all trying to help each other make a good product. And part of that is me making sure that the guys and gals know all the information they need to get their match done in the amount of time that we have. Because 10 o'clock rolls around, we gotta be off the air. So let's do what we can with the time we have. So that one was easily the most stressful match I've ever done just because there's a lot of running when you have two 20 by 20 cages uh, that you have to run around and 10 people all at the same time it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot right but
1: i'm more than sure that you handled yourself you know in a great way though
2: (sighs) it was a lot of just heavy breathing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely. you have to
1: heavy breathe sometimes to get through the stressful moments. you have to do that, but I'm more yep. than sure that you held everything together and every and all the trains ran on time and everything, so yeah, we made it, we made it yes, <laughs> you made it through definitely, that's all that matters. so what does it mean to you to be a part of? Um, the show that you mentioned that's going to be taking place in Alabama um, the Belladonna division show Coronation because you're also going to be teaching a seminar and you're going to be a part of the show and I'm really excited because I'm going to be calling the action um, as well so how does it feel to be a part of something you know like this an all female show down here in Alabama
2: I've always been uh, a feminist and I always love giving women the opportunities that um i feel like when they earn it we give them the opportunities that they've earned and having something like this where it's an all-woman show where we highlight the beauty of women's wrestling and all these women that and i've looked at the card there's some great names on here but all these women who have kicked ass and worked hard and they're getting this great platform uh to talk about and i'd be remiss to say that like i'm i'm honored that someone reached out to me and thought that I should be a part of this because that's a really big deal that i how often does a referee ever get like flown out somewhere to an indie like that just doesn't happen <laughs> we're not wrestlers that's <laughs> not really I think it happened once before I ever got hired at AEW so I'm already honored by that fact um on top of that one of my favorite favorite referees uh Becky Phillips is also going to be refereeing on the show her yes. and NXT tryout together and she is just absolutely incredible and so I'll get, I think this is the first time I'll get to see her since we did that tryout together so it's a little reunion. Uh, I'm I'm the skipper to her Barbie so uh, people are gonna not know what to expect when we're in a room together because we, we get kind of wild. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. I love Becky as well. Like she was so sweet when I met her um the first show um that we did. And I'm really happy that you, you know, that you are honored to be a part of it. I'm honored to be a part of it as well. Um, in a small way, because it'll just be my it'll just be my third time commentating. But I am just really excited to be a part of it in any way, shape, or form. Especially since it's in my home state. So I'm just really Mm -hmm. pumped for it. And I can't wait to see you and you know, talk and basically, you know, call your action and everything. Like it's gonna be Cool, I'm so happy we're gonna be happy to
2: be I'm happy. just excited to give you a hug because I love everything that oh you're doing here and I'm just I'm a big hugger, so Oh me too! Oh my
1: gosh, it's gonna be a hug fest. I can't wait. Oh god, okay. I'm getting too excited. Let me chill. Um, so what are your hobbies <laughs> outside of wrestling and even hobbies? outside of podcasting? Like what are what are things <laughs> you like to do? Like are you watching any TV shows or do you, you know, read like what are some cool things that you like to do outside of wrestling?
2: so this is a fun story uh before i was a full-time referee like refing was my hobby i would say and then that became my job and i was like okay well i'll make games on the side and that'll be my hobby and then that became my job so for a while i didn't have any hobbies and i'm a bit of a workaholic and by a bit i mean a lot um so i have a very hard time taking time for myself and doing things that aren't work related so i have personally trying to get uh to get better at having hobbies and i think the biggest thing i have realized recently is that i really enjoy cooking and that's been a big thing uh, I'm, I'm a vegan i don't drink Uh, but i love food and i love mixology so finding ways to make cool things that taste good following those restrictions has been super fascinating especially because i'm a scientist at the end of the day and i love the chemistry aspect of food uh so i would say that's really like the big thing plus it helps because then i can meal prep for the road and save some money and all that fun stuff um tv shows i'm always very behind on tv shows i like people are watching stuff and I'm like five years behind. Um, I (laughs) recently started watching Letterkenny, which I appreciate so much after having done so many Indies in Canada. Uh, The humor of that show just speaks to me on a different level and I absolutely love it. And I know they have a live uh, touring group too, so I'm I'm hoping that eventually I can end up seeing one of their shows. But yeah, cooking and Canadian comedies.
1: <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um I know in terms of me cooking like that's something I should do more often. You know, I can make snacks and make lunches, but as far as like making a full on dinner, I can't do um as of yet without assistance. Um but I totally get that cooking can be, you know, a little bit of a relaxing thing for people. So, yeah, like yeah it can be therapeutic for people and stuff so it's just so i think that that's really interesting that you you know love cooking in that way then you'll never go hungry so that's great exactly. <laughs> definitely so what is it like to co-host a podcast a podcast um it's called aw unrestricted with tony shivani who's basically like an icon in the wrestling voice business like what is that like
2: so this is uh, really funny because I had mentioned that like I never watched wrestling as a kid. The thing that got me into it was CM Punk. So Tony Schiavone is like everyone's wrestling dad, where like he is the voice of their childhood type thing. And to me, mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone was just a guy that we hired to do commentary. So I didn't have that like attachment to him that everyone else did. So it's been very interesting to see who tony shivani is to my co-workers who come in and they're just like oh my god tony shivani's climbing (laughs) like dude it's just shivani like whatever he's just a guy and i just bust his balls all the time um but it's been really great because he has this breadth of knowledge and experience for co-hosting and talking and just like getting information out of people and making them feel comfortable so i feel that as someone who had very minimal podcast hosting experience uh going into that i feel like i've been able to actually carry my own on we've done two episodes where i had to host and like interview tony in a way uh and that's far less terrifying of a concept now than it once was because I kind of know the ins and outs of what to expect when you have a guest and what it is you're trying to do and how you're trying to approach like an interview, what questions you want to have, what preparation you want to do ahead of time. When something kind of goes off the rails and you want to follow that thread a little bit. Like, I've learned a lot from him. I think just organically working and uh, being a part of the podcast with him. Also, he gives the best hugs. Like That is not something that is well known and I'm going to actively try to make sure people know that Tony Schiavone gives the best hugs
1: oh that's so sweet and it's just you know i love how you just kind of you know saw him as yeah that's just Tony Shawnee that's just it and everybody else is just like "Ah!" you know (laughs) but it's so funny you you mentioned about how you know you really didn't have that much experience you know with podcasting either we have we have weird things in common and that's cool because (laughs) when i started my podcast last year i had never done it before either i had only listened You know, to Mm -hmm. podcast and stuff like that And I just needed a place to put all my thoughts about wrestling, you know, out there So I guess, and podcasting was just a way to do it So I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to talk about this here And it just so happened to grow into what it is And, you know, in your case, you're co-hosting with a person A lot of my colleagues, you know, co-host with one or two people or four people Or even Mm -hmm. five people sometimes It's just me like my show is literally just me and so anytime Mm -hmm. I have a guest I just get I'm very excited to have a guest because sometimes when I'm I'm recording I feel like I'm talking to myself but (laughs) but it's not you know from a crazy way but it's not just you it's not just you (laughs) yeah but at the same time you know it's still cool in the sense that it's you know it's a way for you to get your thoughts out and a way for you to work with others and Mm -hmm. A great way to communicate and help, you know, teach people about some things. So I'm sure, you know, like it's a really cool experience. Like it's a great experience. Like I love it. I love podcasting. Um, And hopefully, in some way, shape, or form, I can continue it um, even as I continue to matriculate and grow in wrestling. And it's good that you're able to do it too. So people won't just think, oh, you're just the referee. No, like you're a person who can share her thoughts, you know, about wrestling as well and, you know, hang tough with the best of them so that's really cool <laughs> that you're able to do all of that as well so um one last well no two more questions one question i have is who are your top five wrestlers of all time they can be male female or non-binary
2: uh my favorite wrestler of all time funny like we talk about the cm punk story early on uh, my favorite wrestler of all time is brian danielson <laughs> oh yes uh There's actually this amazing gif if you Google Daniel Bryan crying girl, there's a picture of a girl in the front row raw crying in his retirement. And that's me. Uh Um, (laughs) So to come full circle and now ref his matches is kind of insane. Um, I put Ray Phoenix in that category because I think he's he's this generation's Rey Mysterio, but in kind of a weird way, very different. Because every time I see his matches, I see him do something different. And mm-hmm. he has a, an incredible way to get empathy from the audience while still having the restriction of a mask, which is incredibly difficult if you think about the mechanics of it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, Serena Deeb I think is one of the greatest wrestlers uh, today, not just women's wrestlers. Uh, she has a fantastic mind for wrestling. Every little detail she thinks of is fantastic. Uh, she's also just a kind and positive person. Let me just completely kill her heel gimmick right now, but, like, she's just one of the sweetest human beings in the world, and she's so just kind and generous and amazing. Um, see so yeah, how this is three. Um, CM Punk, I think what he's done for wrestling has been great, but I think what he's doing for wrestling now is going to be remembered quite a bit because he's working with our younger talent and helping build them up as stars, and that's a very selfless thing to do. Um, so I think, I mean, he's having great matches just like he did before. Uh, but the fact that he's been away from it for so long, but he's also having matches with guys that, you know, in the future are going to be the faces of AEW. Uh, I think that says a lot. Um, who else? Um, I really think I'll put Sonny Kiss in this conversation as well, because Sonny Kiss has done so much uh for gender representation being a Mm non-binary individual but also being authentically herself and just her her style is so different it's very um uh rhythmic gymnastic dancery but also you get like the little bits of sunny in there like with a a twerk every now and then thrown in but sunny will also punch you in the face so hard that you're just like oh my god and you're knocked on your ass so I think having that juxtaposition of like a beautiful badass as she, you know, calls herself, uh, I think is great. I think what she's doing now is doing a lot to change how people view wrestling.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty solid list. And you know, when I was researching you, I did find that picture of you crying over Daniel, over um Brian Danielson. And yep. you know, that sort of speaks to where he was and ten and basically still is in our hearts. Like when he retired, mm-hmm. a lot of people's hearts were broken. Like we were mm-hmm. I was just absolutely floored and I wasn't I was watching wrestling in and out cuz I was in school at the time, but when he retired, I was like, are you kidding me? No.
2: But just we were also you know, surprised cuz the yeah, news broke that the- day.
1: Yeah, I mean, but just to see him rise again You know, and wrestle again It's just fantastic And even in the case of CM Punk like And seeing him back in wrestling, that's amazing too Sometimes I still watch his return for clear skin <laughs> Like that was just one of the coolest moments this year I'm probably going to oh, yeah. talk more about it um, When I do my year-end episode but that was one of the coolest moments this year, like, ever. I just never thought that would happen. And just the fact that he's None here and don't. he's... Yeah, and he's helping, you know, the future. Like, that's just amazing. And I'm just mm-hmm. really pumped about that. And definitely Sunny Kiss, like, what she's able to um, to do, you know, for representation and, and her ability. Like, I cannot... I feel like the sky's the limit for her. So you have a really solid list there. And definitely with Ray if, Phoenix too.
2: Disclaimer, it's all my coworkers, but... <laughs> If, if, if okay, no. It's okay though. No. It's
1: okay though. If that's yours, then that's yours. Okay. I have a strong if, bias. I mean, but but if it's your list, is your list. It's okay <laughs> if you work with them. That is just fine.
2: So, what would you say the future holds for you, Aubrey? I have no idea. I mean, five years ago, I was had never stepped in a wrestling ring, so to think of like where we could be 5 years from now is absolutely insane um I know that what I want to do is continue to have a positive impact. Say
0: goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
2: Wrestling, uh, one of the things that I actively do. Like you mentioned briefly, that like I'm teaching a seminar uh, when I come out to Alabama for this uh, the Belladonna Division show, and it's I I want to share the knowledge that I have. I want to share the experience of the experiences I've had, and I want to do what I can to show people that if you want to do something and you put in the work and the right opportunity comes along, you can totally pull it off. Um, I, I, I mean, eventually I want to ref the main event of a show where we're in a giant sold out football stadium, like, from a like actual ref standpoint, like I think that's like the, the big goal that I want to hit. Uh, I have no idea when that's going to happen, but AEW has been kind of strapped to a rocket. So who knows, it might be sooner than I think
1: yeah definitely like aw is growing and the more it grows you know you never know where exactly it'll go you may be able to do that someday but you'll definitely be to work for it and it's definitely like in the cards for you i totally see it so i'm really excited about your future i'm excited to work with you um in january like january is really coming up oh my god but yeah (laughs) yeah like it's crazy but i'm really excited to work with you in the future and i can't wait to see what else you've got going on well thank you aubrey for coming on the hardy wrestling podcast and thank you so much for having me
2: this was wonderful
1: yeah this was really great and if you
2: could tell the people where
1: they can find you and follow you you know and put yourself over and tell them what you got going on you can do that now
2: you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ref Aubrey. You can check out all the stuff that AEW games is working on. I'm one of the, uh, I'm overseeing game development projects over there. we have got some cool stuff happening on Twitch currently. So check it out at AEW games on Twitter. You can also listen to the AEW unrestricted podcast, new audio episodes every Thursday and the YouTube videos come out on Mondays.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Hardy wrestling podcast. And I hope to see you again on here soon. You know, like, you can come back if you ever want to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Love to make it happen one day.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, so here in this segment where i would normally do my weekly recap i'm just gonna do a yearly recap of my favorite moments in wrestling this year since the year is getting ready to wrap up literally like next week is gonna be christmas and then after that we'll be finished with 2021 y'all it's been crazy like this year has been busy and crazy but it's been a busy crazy way in a good way in wrestling like it's just been so much going on and it's been good like i can't really wait to just get into it because it's been a lot of stuff personally that was good that happened to me that had to do with wrestling but then also um also that stuff that didn't have anything to do with me as well that was good too so in terms of my favorite moments in wrestling this year it has to be one of them has to be the crowds being able to come back Now of course I was going to watch Wrestling regardless to what the pandemic Was going to do because wrestling is my life Right but the crowds Being gone was just kind of sad You know because you know there's A part Of the um wrestling experience that really isn't as complete without the fans being there and when i watched that first episode of smackdown where the fans came back and they welcomed them back and everything it was really cool and even before that when the fans were at wrestlemania for both nights this year that was cool too because it was just like it was just really missing something and so to see people back at wrestling shows that really meant a lot to me it was like a part of my soul was just complete from seeing people at wrestling shows and then of course they were slowly you know getting back to the swing of things by going to different cities and stuff and a part of me was wondering when they was going to come to my city but you know our arena the bjcc was under construction and remodeling and stuff like that and it's finally finished and of course they announced that we're gonna have our smackdown show um because birmingham is a smackdown town um in march of next year and i'm really excited about that so to be a part of the crowd You know, that experience, you know, is it's like bar none, one of the most amazing experiences of your life because you're really surrounded by people, you know, who love wrestling and are passionate about it just as just as much as you are. And then you make friends and then you, you know, meet wrestlers outside and stuff like that. Like that's going to be amazing. So the idea that a lot of people were able to come back to shows and have those experiences and stuff like that, you know, that warms my heart. It was really good to see that this year. So, and hopefully, you know, we can stay open because, you know, this this um, this Omicron thing is trying to pop off and start some mess, but here's hoping that we can still, you know, gather and act like we have some sense, even though Omicron is trying to pop off. So, crowds coming back was one of my favorite moments in wrestling this year and of course the dom the further dominance of the new day was two of my favorite moments this year in the form of big e winning the money in the bank briefcase um earlier like i was so excited to see him win the money in the bank bank briefcase like there were so many people it could have gone to it looked like it, it almost looked like Seth Rollins was gonna win it again like or maybe Drew McIntyre could try and win it or something like that or I was really pushing maybe for Cesaro to win it, you know, to sort of revamp that little bit of a push that he had, you know, earlier in the year. But nope, it was Big E's time. And it was really good that that was able to happen to him simply because, like, he had been positioned to be at the top ever since they separated him from the New Day. Of course, he's not out of the group as a whole, but they separated, you know, the members. So um, Kofi and Xavier could operate more as a tad team and um big e could be more so on his own as a solo heavyweight star and he won um intercontinental championship um back and then he lost it at wrestlemania and everything to apollo cruz but a part of me was wondering like how is he gonna bounce back from this and he bounced back from it in a cool way he wound up winning money in the bank And then, much to the chagrin of so many people who were trying to underestimate him because he's goofy, he wound up cashing in money in the bank on Bobby Lashley to win the title. Like, oh my god, on Monday Night Raw, too words cannot express how happy i was for him i did post a video of me reacting to him winning and i was just celebrating all that week because i was just so happy for him that he had worked up to that moment because i remember when he used to be dolph ziggler's you know right hand man um with aj lee and stuff and he used to guard Dolph Ziggler when he was Mr. Money in the Bank and now to make it full circle he was Money in the Bank and he cashed in successfully and had his moment on Raw and it was absolutely wonderful and then to see Kofi and Xavier come out and celebrate with him as they do as brothers it was just so beautiful and then throughout the week everybody was celebrating with him too even wwe changed their twitter title um on twitter to say big e is wwe champion in all caps like that was just absolutely beautiful like i was so happy for big e and continue to be um supportive of him as well as a babyface champion he is my love i love him you know so there's nothing that he can't do and even with him being champion he's gotten so many opportunities to be a hype man at football games for Iowa where he went to school and actually be a you know an announcing hype man for different boxing matches and stuff like that like he is making the best of the situation and I'm so happy for him And also in terms of the New Day, you had Xavier Woods winning King of the Ring which was something that he always wanted since he was a child. Like this man can do everything under the sun. He can host, he can host game shows. You know, he has his own channel, Up Up Down Now. Like there isn't anything that this man can't do. And so you know and he always dreamed to be king of the ring like a lot of people get into wrestling to be the wwe champion or whatnot or whatever he didn't want that he just wanted to be king of the ring and when he got placed in the tournament and kept you know vying for it and everything he fought everybody even people who you wouldn't necessarily expect him to win against like finn balor and stuff like he was able to show more of what he had to offer as an athlete because a lot of people think of him as the mouthpiece and don't really give him a lot of credit in terms of his in-ring work he is really a solid athlete in that ring and so to see him go on to face all the people he faced and to win the tournament at crown jewel meant the world to me and it also meant the world to me too because he is my birthday twin and i love him so very much so congratulations to xavier for being king of the ring even though he had to deal with some disrespect from the Usos crushing his crown and all that other stuff. He has a new crown and it's cooler. So it was beautiful and I'm just really happy for him. And the New Day has now fully solidified themselves as the greatest faction of all time. If you want to fight me, we can fight about it. But just know I'm not going to change my mind. The New Day is the greatest faction in the entire history of time. Argue with your mama. Don't argue with me so (laughs) also one of my favorite moments this year was Zelina Vega returning to WWE because I love her so very much um Y'all if you've listened to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast I've told the story as to how When I met her at NXT um, Four four years ago um, And she actually Well she didn't I didn't meet her But she was making her entrance with Andrade Who was NXT champion at the time And I screamed out I love you Zelina to her And she winked at me um, And so I've loved her ever since But actually I've loved her before that Because I loved how she would you know Interfere on um, andrade's behalf because she has you know a past history as a tag team wrestler and stuff like that and just and just seeing her and how she's grown you know to follow her dreams and also doing it in memory of her father who passed away in 9-11 like that was that like just her story as a whole just is just so inspiring so I've just always loved her so to see her return to WWE after months of speculation you know and then what's so stupid is she returned on a smackdown that I wasn't watching because I was out of town with my best friends um and I saw it on Twitter and I lost my mind and my friends were like what's going on and I was just like this girl wrestler that I love came back and they didn't know what was going on it's so funny shout out to Felicia and um Tashina like (laughs) and Cinnamon too like whenever I be talking about wrestling they just listen to me talk about it because they know I'm passionate but they really don't be knowing what's going on (laughs) but it's okay though they support me and that's all that matters I love y'all but Zelina returning just made me so glad because I just love her style and I just love everything about her and then it was cool to see everybody including myself um rally for her to get more time on television especially after that smackdown um that came before um the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks um and she was in new york and her match got she was in a tag team match and that match got cut for time and a lot of people were upset about that and she saw that and she posted what her outfit was going to look like and everything but she wound up bouncing back from that by winning by being a part of the queen's the first ever queen's crown tournament which was the equivalent to the king of the ring tournament and even though that was you know controversial in and of itself because um those matches didn't get the same time limits as or didn't get the same time as the king of the ring matches that would go on for say maybe 10 to 15 minutes at a time whereas the queen of the ring matches wound up going like less than a minute or maybe less than two minutes she still made the best of a crazy situation and won that entire tournament and even beat Drop. like Dewdrop is a force right so i didn't expect her to be her but she actually won and became the first ever queen's crown winner so now she's the queen of the ring and she's taken that character to great heights like she's being the obnoxious Royal type who will speak with an accent, like I'm royalty, and all this other stuff. But when she gets mad at that crowd, she goes back to her queen's accent. <laughs> her queen's new york accent and then starts cussing you out in spanish and all this other stuff so i just love it and i just love what she represents you know for puerto rican representation and everything like i just i love Zelina vega i'm so happy she's returned um and i'm happy that she's queen of the ring and now women's tag team champion with carmella like that's just cool so yeah i love that and another part of wrestling that i really loved was nwa Empower. oh my god that makes me emotional kind of just thinking about it because of the fact that I was there that weekend um on a wing and a prayer (laughs) and I just you know decided to go to be a media correspondent for women's wrestling talk um with TK um Trinidad shout out to her because she has been a huge blessing to me this year she was my first guest on um during season three of the Hardy wrestling podcast and just everything that she has done to help me grow as a media person, as a wrestling media person, like I'm just really grateful for and just the idea, you know, that, you know, she was able to help me, you know, as I was matriculating through that weekend, never having done a red carpet before never having, you know, interviewed wrestlers like face to face like that before. She was just really helpful with that and just being there to experience that all female wrestling event that was produced by Mickey James who truly believed that um a all female wrestling event should have happened, you know, again after WWE Evolution, even after she was told that women's wrestling wouldn't sell like that weekend just felt like that entire pay-per-view event just felt like empowerment was just in the room like love was in the room passion was in the room like girl power was in the room and i was just really honored to be there at that event to watch the wrestling that i watched like with camille fighting legit layla hirsch for the nwa world's women's title um aka the burke to watch women like the hex um marty bell and allison k win those tag team titles and actually interview them and meet them like that that meant the world to me because I actually saw, you know, saw them in the Mae Young Classic like so long ago. Like that was just really amazing for me to meet them and to interview um, and to meet Kiara Hogan, um, who's a right, who's rising, you know, in her right and stuff like that. Like and to interview Awesome Kong, like that was just and to meet Mickey James and interview her for Women's Wrestling Talk. Like that was just the most amazing weekend of my life and it sort of just let me know you know what was what's possible and you know what can happen when you just continue to live your dreams and and never give up on a vision and you see it through to the very end like just being there with all those women you know interviewing all those women seeing them in action seeing them produce meeting other you know media personalities in wrestling like phil lindsey who was there shout out to him he was also a guest on the Hardy wrestling podcast and um meeting ella ella j and samira for the first time and seeing them in action and meeting ds shin and everyone else like it was just really cool and i will treasure that weekend for the rest of my life like that weekend lives rent free in my head forever um like the connections I made like it was just really good and I'll never forget that and also tying into that another great part of this um year was watching Impact do their pay-per-view called Knockouts Knockdown yet another all-female pay-per-view WWE really needs to catch up and do another all-female pay-per-view they really do because everybody else is just out running them like it was just great like seeing Impact's Knockouts Knockdown watching that you know after I came home from Comic-Con um and doing a wrestling panel with Burma Slam and Mike Lucid like that was so cool and actually meeting other wrestling fans and other fans of different fandoms and stuff who just so happen to also be wrestling fans too that was really cool um and meeting Dr. Britt Baker DMD and Booker T and saying hey to Sting and he waved back at me like that was really cool like that was just amazing like um when watching Impact's Knockouts Knockdown was cool too. Like they showed the induction of Awesome Kong into the Impact Hall of Fame. They paid the entire show they paid tribute to Daphne, who we sadly lost this year. Um there was just so so much that happened. Mercedes Martinez won um the knockouts knockdown tournament in order to challenge for the knockouts um championship. Um and she would ultimately lose, but at the same time, it was still good to see her, you know, solidify herself as a singles competitor in a new way um after having been let go by WWE. That was amazing. Um another great part of wrestling this year was um watching the rise of Bianca Belair and I know I've talked about it ad nauseum on this show like if you listen to me you know episodically I've done so many segments about the greatness of Bianca Belair who she is what she stands for all of the above but watching her rise earlier this year has just been one of the greatest honors of my life um it's something that I wish probably would have happened when I was a child, but even still being 28 years old and watching it and still being kind of like a kid adult, trying to figure everything out. It was still good to see because you see this woman who worked so hard um, to be a wrestler, even after this really wasn't her dream and then wind up falling in love with it and getting better and better at it as an athlete, you know, after having done everything that she's done in CrossFit, volleyball, running track, all of the above, like, just seeing her rise to the top of the occasion when the royal rumble becoming the second black person to ever do so and the first black woman to ever win the women's royal rumble and choosing to face sasha banks making that the first time that two black women would ever main event of wrestlemania that wasn't even the main event at first but we pushed for it online and it became the main event of night one of wrestlemania and just seeing that history be made and just watching that match over and over and over and over again, like I have, it just gives me clear skin just thinking about it. Like when I just think about the magic that they put forth, it was just so wonderful. And just to watch Bianca win that title in front of her family, her her mom, her dad, her brother, her husband, who was just so supportive of her and everything, it was just so beautiful. And just to see the attention that it garnered like that match won an ESPY like it's so funny because when B- when Becky Lynch came back and won the title in such as in the most controversial and horrible way possible that broke all of our hearts from Bianca she was talking about what her main event did you know when she faced off against Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair and in my head I just feel like you know Becky your main event may have been the first all-female main event but let's be real like yours didn't have Half as much as attention as Bianca's and Sasha's. Like Bianca and Sasha were both labeled like the top five athletes that were searched on Twitter this year because of that match. Bianca and Sasha actually won an SB because of that match. Like they like Becky's main event was nominated for an SB, but it didn't win. Bianca and Sasha's won that SB. They won Best WWE Moment. So I mean there's just so much attention that was given to them and bianca because of that So it's just like when you think about like if you had to weigh which one you know actually meant the most to the public it's definitely bianca and Sasha and just Bianca being able to, be a dominant champion and win against the likes of Bailey and beat Bailey and Helena. in a Cell, beat Carmella multiple times, including in a new crowd at Rolling Loud. Like, WWE had never even done Rolling Loud before. She did that. It's just, like, Bianca has been able to just accomplish so much, taking pictures with Megan Thee Stallion, like, be on Hot 97. And even with Big E, like, going back to Big E, he was on The Breakfast Club for the first time. Like, wrestling is becoming more and more mainstream, in terms of the black culture and it's and it's an, and a huge part of that goes to bianca belair and and her rise and yeah she's not champion now um even though i really felt like she should have won the raw women's championship you know um from becky but miss becky ma'am, wants to cheat so whatever um bianca is still dominant and she's still a star regardless of a title she's still the est regardless of a title because being EST is a mindset that's not just predicated on how many trophies or titles you win that's predicated on who you think you are and that's what's so beautiful about her so yeah I'm just excited to see Bianca rise even further within the next you know couple of years and hopefully she'll be champion again and that we won't have to wait um, umteen years for that to happen so yeah um Another favorite part of wrestling this year it definitely has to be Roman Reigns' like run from like 2020 all the way up until now. Like he's just been like a hot mess, not in a bad way, but in a good way, like a hot mess, like heel just basically telling everybody what to do, bum rushing over his cousins and everything, bullying Paul Heyman, you know, into being his wise man, even though he just fired him yesterday and stuff like that like Roman Reigns really has you know done an amazing turnaround in his career since coming back from his cancer diagnosis and stuff like that like him turning heel was probably one of the best things to ever happen for him in his career and Paul Heyman being next to him was definitely an amazing part of his career as well and I'm sad to see that partnership go But Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar are just meant to be. So maybe they'll get back together and then this will be a huge part of day one. But their entire run, Roman Reigns' entire run as champion and just, you know, smashing them, stacking them and being a needle mover and, you know, being a part of the bloodline with the Usos and stuff like that. Like that has just been amazing stuff. And he deserves, you know, a a, a lot of credit, you know, for carrying that and carrying smackdown for so long like that was just really cool and then also with paul Heyman's, you know um turning point with roman reigns and um brock lesnar this was also a star making turn for kayla braxton as well because something that they have been alluding to on talking smack a whole lot was the beef between paul Heyman and kayla braxton and how he would always have something snide to say to her and stuff like that and it's just like it was just so funny to watch him sort of undermine her work as a journalist but she was the one who was able to actually break the news that Brock Lesnar's suspension was lifted and Paul Heyman was looking all kinds of scared and just to be able to see you know a journalist be able to carry a being able to help carry a story like that that was something that we really hadn't seen in a long time and I thought that was really unique and cool and special and I just think that was really cool for Kayla Braxton to be able to do that and I just love her because she's from Alabama and just everything that she's done in her career like I'm, I'm I just love Kayla like shout out to you us Bama girls gotta stick together so that was just really cool Also, it was cool to see Aja Smith on the main roster as well as doing her NXT stuff as well. So, um, that was just really awesome. And just on top of that, um, actually, uh, this is just going to be part one of what I enjoyed in wrestling this year. And I'm actually going to start with part two as well. So, I'm just going to end this right here. And I'm going to start part um, two of what I enjoyed in wrestling this year. So, stay tuned. All right, so this is part two of what I enjoyed in wrestling this year. This is a yearly recap. So basically, another thing that I enjoyed in wrestling this year was, I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion for some of y'all, but I enjoyed the fact that Mandy Rose went back to NXT, which is now NXT 2.0. Because there was a lot of mystery surrounding, you know, why she went back. Because, of course, she was in a tag team on Raw with Dana Brooke. And those were like the two strong blondes that really got it going on and stuff like that. Like, that was cool, but it really wasn't giving what what they thought it was supposed to give. And Mandy's abilities in the ring were tending to get a little bit sloppy. So for her to go back to NXT and, you know, and polish up her in-ring work and then become this heel that was sort of walking backstage and sort of watching people in the women's division and then going on to recruit jc jane excuse me um jc jane and gg dolan and create a faction known as toxic attraction was really interesting and then on top of that to not only just be you know toxic attraction and for them to be a talented faction it's for them to go on and win the women's tag team championships and then for mandy to be able to usher in this new era of nxt and become and hold her first championship ever being the nxt women's champion even though of course she had help um due to dakota kai interfering you know to get inside the head of raquel gonzalez like I really enjoy the fact that we have a female faction that's being that dominant because we saw a lot of it in NXT with the Undisputed Era, you know, holding all the gold, right? And that was really cool because I know in the modern era, like, it sort of almost puts you in the minds of Evolution and how they had all the titles at one point, Um outside of rick flair but then again he's rick flair he doesn't he doesn't really he didn't really need all those titles back then but at the same time it kind of puts you in the mind of that so to see a dominant f- faction like that do that especially a dominant female faction do that that was really cool and they just embody a whole lot of of course they do embody sex appeal but the thing is when they get in that ring it's not like they wrestle you know bad or anything like they still have that athleticism that raw talent that's still there so it kind of disheartens me when people just sort of try to relegate them to just you know hot pieces of you know booty and boobs and stuff like that when there's so much more that they have to offer as you know talented wrestlers I mean yeah they look good but they also wrestle good as well so I feel like we shouldn't you know just underestimate toxic attraction simply because they have you know this out these outside you know you know va va voom type looks like yeah like that was that was definitely a favorite part for me um this year and just seeing Mandy Rose rise and be NXT champion like that was pretty that's just pretty cool to me too so yeah I know that's probably unpopular but you know I'm nothing if I'm not an original thinker so there we go um something else that I really loved about wrestling this year was the return of CM Punk and i know aubrey (laughs) and i were talking about cm punk and stuff like that in our interview that you just heard but cm punk returning to wrestling was just something i never thought would ever happen like ever and a lot of people of course were you know waxing poetic about it online saying oh he's gonna come back and oh it's he's giving cryptic messages and stuff like that but you just never know in wrestling like for all you know something could happen and then you could hear something and then it winds up not happening or it winds up happening and it winds up not being what you expect or something like that. But when CM Punk came back, I remember I was sitting in I was sitting in the living room, um, watching it with my dad, and it came on and I just remember people just going crazy on social media and I was like, Dad, turn on Rampage and he turned on Rampage and CM Punk was slowly walking to the ring and I just remember just just looking just glaring at the TV, just shocked. Like the wrestling landscape was changing in a way that I just didn't think would happen because I just never thought CM Punk would ever come back to wrestling. And once he did, you know, and just watching him soak in that moment and watch all those people in Chicago, his hometown soak in that moment and scream and cry um (laughs) i'm not laughing at old dude who was crying i thought that was wonderful and it was very you know a a raw feeling you know like it was just really good and to see all those people with their shirts on to see that one girl who's jumping up and down because he was there like that was just amazing and just hearing him make his speech about being back about putting and putting over the, the the younger guys and Who have the passion that he had years ago and stuff like that. Like, it was just good to see him in a happy place to actually return to wrestling. Because wrestling, you know, was something that, of course, he loved. But then, of course, once he went to WWE, there was a lot of good stuff that happened for him. But then there was a lot of bad stuff, too. And it's just, you just kind of thought that he was finished after he left WWE. But he wasn't you know and then he did the UFC and at least he tried that even though it may not have worked out as well he still very much tried so it's just like you have him you know pursuing other passions like with comic books and and movies and stuff like that so now he's back in wrestling and it's just amazing to see him and also shout out to him wearing that pro choice t-shirt in Texas like that was just so cool like literally like if you don't this isn't a political podcast by any means, but I do believe in a woman's right to choose. It's our body. So back off. Um, so watching CM Punk do that and fight with the best of the best in AEW, like that's just really cool. And I'm just really happy to see him. Also, to be able to see his wife, AJ Lee, you know, step back into wrestling um as a producer/slash commentator for WoW um, Superheroes, which is set to come back. Like that's really cool too even though there was a little bit of a lot of controversy with Tessa Blanchard being the face of the company in light of everything that she um had done or been accused of in terms of her racism like outside of that AJ Lee being back in wrestling is also really cool too and even though she left wrestling due to injuries and stuff like that she said you know you never know but she's having fun, you know, watching and signing these other women who are actually the future of women's wrestling. So that was really cool, too. So seeing her return to wrestling was great. And seeing her husband, CM Punk, return to wrestling was great, too. So here's hoping that whatever they continue to do, they continue to prosper and do good things um, as well. Also, another funny part of wrestling that I really enjoyed this year was Arn Anderson. <laughs> talking to cody rhodes about the glock (laughs) and splattering someone's brains that was a lot (laughs) but it was really funny and i just thought that was really like that was just an old head reaction to something bad happened to him like look if you try to rob me baby it's about to be on the popular. like i'm not gonna sit here and just let you take my stuff i'm going to hurt you that was just really funny okay Arne anderson you know we we give him love all the time let's just continue to love on him from the rest of the community because he's one of our ogs and we need to show love to our ogs more as long as they don't be, be like ratchet problematic people let's just show love to our ogs because let's just appreciate them for what they give us now even continuously as they age because that was just really really funny like that's some behavior i expect to hear from my grandparents. Rest in peace to all of them But seriously, that was the type of time they was on My grandmamas were country They would shoot But anyway <laughs> That was just really cool Um, I also love The rise of Jade Cargill And seeing her um, Continue to find her way as a wrestler And I'm hoping that she goes on to win The TBS Women's Championship on AEW as well. Like there's just so much that she has to offer um as an athlete and she's only going to get better from here. So, it's really cool watching her rise and also flipping off people who call her matches or the other women's matches on AEW beer breaks and bathroom breaks and stuff like that. And also shout out to her for calling out, you know, people wrestling fans who have problems with black women in wrestling. I know I was taking a break during all that, but I saw all of that take place. And let me just say that Black women in wrestling deserve as much respect as anybody else because, I mean, we're dominant. We're amazing. We represent, you know, Black women in wrestling represent um, women who watch the product but aren't necessarily given the best opportunities or the best um, time or the best credit all the time. And they represent, like, they represent me. They represent all of us. And if you don't respect black women in wrestling, that just means that you just don't respect black women, period. And that's just something that you um, need to have checked yourself. That's a personal problem. You get that fixed. But as far as we're concerned, we're going to continue to take up space regardless of what any bully or any trash person has to say about us. And that's just the truth. Wrestling deserves to reflect the world in which we live. And in the world in which we live, Black women exist and take up space and we live and we thrive in abundance. So, boom, pow, that's it. So, J. Cargill is gonna continue to rise, and that's just the the that's just the meat and potatoes of it, and that's just it. So, also with that, in terms of talking about black women, just watching the Phoenix rising of naomi who really wasn't given a lot to do on raw but then was placed on smackdown but now has this amazing storyline with Sonya deville that i did talk about earlier in the show like it's really great to see that she's doing all of this and there are people rallying behind her you know and writing love letters to her of course shout out to shout out to the people who share that that women's wrestling talk editorial that was written by one of our girls at women's wrestling talk I her name is slipping my mind right now and I'm mad about it but shout out to her for writing that love letter to Naomi which she read and saw because we appreciate and love her so very much because she's been tenured with the company for a long time and even though she's only been Smackdown Women's Champion twice like we just want better for her because she is an amazing athlete like she has the attitude like she has it all like just give her her things give her her things and I can't wait to see her kick Sonia Deville's behind. Like, I literally cannot wait for that. And there's just so much more that she has to offer. Like, she's always going viral and giving attention to the company. So the company needs to do right by her and do better by her. The same treatment and the same pushing that they gave, that they give to the types of pushing that they do for Sasha, the types of pushing that they do for Bianca, all of that would not happen if it weren't for the contributions of Naomi. So they need to give Naomi her things, like, now, before she does something and then proceeds to try to get her things from somewhere else they need to get smart immediately so watching naomi rise this year was really great as well and one a couple more things in wrestling that i love this year was bat bunny and just watching wrestling you know sort of tie in with rap in a way that was just really cool that i actually feel that Um, I sort of spoke into existence A little bit more and a lot of people kind of saw this as well You had of course Wale Still being the ambassador of wrestling and rap You know making songs About with the Hurt Business and about The Hurt Business and stuff like that you had West Side Gun giving love to So many wrestlers and actually being Actually being featured on NXT Television this past week like that was Cool and then You have Bad Bunny who actually Trained For four months at the performance center, so he can be a tag team partner with Damian Priest, a fellow, well a fellow Puerto Rican wrestler. You know, they were both together. They're both from the same town in Puerto Rico. Like, they literally came together and became an amazing tag team at WrestleMania with the Miz and John Morrison. Like, this dude probably had one of the best performances from a celebrity at WrestleMania that I've ever seen. He actually loves wrestling so much that he took it upon himself to do the work to prepare for that moment. And it was so good that I wanted to see him wrestle more and more even after WrestleMania. But, you know, he had to start and do his music career and stuff like that and do a tour and all that. And he's a very prolific musician with his song with um, Booker T and everything. Like, that was just really cool to see. So I hope at some point Bad Bunny will come back and do more wrestling things because that was just really cool. And even though there are a lot of people who didn't understand it, I still loved it very much. So, I mean, hey, if Bad Bunny decides he wants to come back to wrestling, let him come back because he did the doggone thing. Then on top of that, you had Cardi B's hit single, Up, was the theme song for SummerSlam. Like, that was really cool, even though a lot of people were rumbling on about how she could have a match against lacey evans because they got into a little kerfuffle um on twitter and stuff like that like that was awesome for me because that was two things that i really love wrestling and rap music and rap personas you know coming together you know for for wrestling like wrestling is a cool thing when you really think about it so when you combine rap with it too like the same way they combined rock and wrestling a long time ago like that's amazing like the sky's the limit with that like do more with that and then to see Megan, Megan the Stallion take a picture with Bianca Belair, like that was really cool. And they actually showed that on television. And Corey Graves joked on <laughs> Byron Saxton and asked him if he knew what a bottom feeder was. <laughs> I was just like, dang, It was, that was just really cool. So, um, and then you also had Bow Wow and Soldier Boy talking about how they wanted to wrestle or whatever, but they weren't really serious about it they weren't because they just weren't and yeah that was it just felt like they was just doing that for cloud or whatever but at the same time it was still fun to listen to them kind of go back and forth so that was just really really amazing and then to and then to see bad bunny perform on snl with the 24 7 title and do it proudly like that was just really cool this year like that was just amazing so yeah and hopefully more they'll do more of that stuff in 2022 because WWE deserves all of all of the attention in terms of um all of the attention in terms of mainstream wrestling and all of the attention in terms of rap and wrestling as well. Even AEW with them having Snoop Dogg and stuff on the show and stuff like that. Like, like they just need more of that. More rap and wrestling needs to be on, on these wrestling shows. And actually don't be afraid to go on impact wrestling either. Like do stuff like that. Like do more of that. That was cool. And then, of course, something else that I found amazing this year was the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Women's 150 issue, which I was so happy to be able to have bought um, and read that and just see Bianca Belair be number one on the 150 list and actually seeing women that I actually met and interviewed this year on the list like. That was the first time that's that's ever happened to me in my life. Like, women that I've interviewed, like Diana Parazzo and Masha Slamovich, Like, all those women, you know, being on the list. And Thunder Rosa, who I had on the show in the past. Like, watching those women be on that list and knowing that I've actually, you know, in some way, actually talked to them. And, you know, helped put, put attention on them in some way, shape, or form. Like, that was just really cool. Um, and then seeing the article that ella j wrote about empower because we were both there like being able to read that article you know that meant the world to me too like just being able just being able to say that you even know people and you actually met and interviewed people on the women's 150 list like that's that just that's just something I just never thought would happen to me so that was just really amazing and then seeing Righteous Reg and reading his article about Jazz um whose action who I actually had the honor and privilege of calling a match for her at the Belladonna show the first Belladonna division show that I did earlier this year in Gaston Alabama like that was cool too so Shout out to Pro Wrestling Illustrated for an amazing Women's 150 um, magazine that I need to frame somewhere because it's just cool. Like, I love it so much. It was really good. And if you haven't read it, please read it. Find it, find it, buy it, read it. It's good. Um, so now to get into the personal parts of wrestling that I really enjoyed this year was making my debut as a commentator. Um, with the Belladonna division, like I found out about this from Miranda Morales, who is one of my good friends in the podcasting, the wrestling podcasting space, and who's also a great ring announcer out in Arizona. Um, and my podcast is also run on her and Greg DeMarco's network called the Chairshotmedia.com. Um, she told me about this opportunity to commentate, um, and that Casey Dillon was looking for a commentator and I was just like well I've never done it before but I guess I could try you know I guess because I actually wrote it down in my notebook one day like maybe I could try commentary or something and it actually manifested and happened that way and Casey heard me and heard the podcast and wanted me to do it and I was just like oh my god are you serious and just learning how to gather information on these female wrestlers because this is an all female promotion here in Alabama and putting all this together and being able to interview you know Casey and interview Veronica who's also um, a co-owner of the Belladonna Division along with Casey and interviewing women who were a part of the show like The Woad and Valentina Loca, like and Kaylina Keene whose third wrestling show was that first show like That was just amazing. And just being in the locker room with these women and talking to them and just, you know, getting their information and making sure I had everything I needed to help, you know, tell their story in the match. Like, that meant the world to me. Like, I had never done anything like that before. And just to be able to do anything, do something like that, to make them look good on commentary was just really cool. Like, I watched videos of commentary, like, studied You know the best commentators You know tried to find what My voice style was And I just did my very best And That's all I guess that was all I could really ask Of myself to show up and do the very best For that show and for the second show As well and I had The best partners um, With me like Scott Reznor the funeral Director thank you so Much and I want to have you on the show at Some point so we can talk about what that experience Was like um, Who is a constant commentator You know for Spartan Wrestling And Gaston as well Like just having him help me Throughout all of that Like that was just really cool He didn't have to do that but he did And that was just amazing So being a part of that You know just meant the world to me And just watching these women You know at the top of their game you know who wrestle week in and week out all the time you know just that was just amazing like these are like superheroes and I'm just the girl who gets to talk about them and it's just amazing so um that was just really cool and then doing it for the second show that was cool and then hopefully if everything goes better in my life um I'll come back for the third show and commentate for that and for the first time the belladonna division will be on fight tv so that will be really good too so um for the second time i'll actually be involved with a program with a wrestling program that will be on fight tv because i became involved with women's wrestling talk this year as well and that was amazing too that feels like i'm in school because i was actually thinking about going back to school for a communications degree or a journalism degree um for a master's but joining women's wrestling talk and getting taught by emily may and tk trinidad is all the schooling that i would possibly need and all the women that's on staff nikki dreon santana katrina ayla like everyone (laughs) um ella samira um, Queen PR of um, those wrestling girls, like everybody, I've learned so much from them this year, and just being able to meet them and learn from them every single week, you know, has just been one of the greatest blessings of my life. Like TK didn't have to say yes to me; like she didn't have to want me, but she, like, she could have said no because I'm just starting, and it's like I just started this podcast like last year and the idea um which is about to be two years ago but the idea that she actually saw something in me and wanted me to be a part of her baby like that just continues to mean the world to me and hopefully you know we can continue to grow together and I can help women's wrestling talk grow and she can continue to help me grow and stuff like that and we can help each other grow and it'll and women in wrestling media can continue to get more respect um because what ella j went through with tony Khan was just trash and even though he apologized to her and everything it's just women deserve respect in in wrestling media and i really feel like we're the women's wrestling talk is kind of like the avengers of wrestling media of women's wrestling media and i'm just really honored and humbled to be a part of it in any way shape or form so that was just beautiful um. So That's really about it And I'm just really happy that this podcast Has grown to the point to where My followers have grown Um, Because my Spotify rap said that my followers Had grown about maybe 200% or something like that And people All over the world are listening to me Like people in the UK and Ireland And Singapore and stuff like that And of course people here in the US are listening to me too And that just means the world to me So Hopefully what i hope more more of what will happen next year is i guess more exposure for myself and the hardy wrestling podcast brand and more people will actually buy my merchandise that i have on tpublic.com it's the hardy wrestling podcast store um my merch has been on sale for like 14 dollars. <laughs> my wrestling my um hardy wrestling podcast logo t-shirt has been on sale for 14 dollars for the holidays so please buy that um, if you already have, if you love the show, please buy the merch. Um, and hopefully, you know, I can just continue to grow more as a media person. You know, the sky's the limit. Um, shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. That's what Pop Smokes is. So, um, I'm just really happy this year in wrestling has just turned out to be one of the greatest. Not only just as a fan, but also as a professional as well. So. Um, the Belladonna division is getting ready for their, sh- for their show coronation and we will crown our first ever forbidden elegance champion there, um, on January the 15th at Gas Mall. So if you haven't bought your tickets, please go. I'll be there. I'll be commentating. Aubrey Edwards will be having, who I interviewed, Aubrey Edwards will be having a referee seminar and she'll be a part of the show as well. So please, you know, buy your tickets and come out like The future is bright over here um, For your girl Stephanie And none of this would happen if it wasn't for y'all Listening and supporting and stuff like that And sharing my clips and stuff So that's all that I loved in wrestling This year and Hopefully next year will be even greater All right so we've reached the conclusion of this season finale of the hardy wrestling podcast um as always know you can follow the hardy wrestling the hardy wrestling podcast on instagram at hardy wrestling podcast and on twitter at hardy wrestle pod um and just continue to support the show you can listen to it on all platforms iHeartRadio, spotify um apple podcast google podcast my youtube channel the hardy wrestling podcast where you can see videos of the interviews that i've done and just so many different things you can also get um a full audio um clips of the show as well and just and also just continue to listen on the chair shot media you know you can listen um to the podcast on there as well and also sgp radio you can listen there as well So thank you for this amazing year of wrestling and for the growth of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And also please buy my merchandise (laughs) on um, tpublic.com. Like if you type in the Hardy Wrestling Podcast store, you'll see my logo and you'll see a purple wrestling ring in the background. That is the store. So if you want to buy a t-shirt, if you want to buy a mug, if you want to buy a hoodie, you can buy them in different colors. Like I said, they've been on sale for the holiday season. You can get a regular logo t-shirt for $14 and they'll ship it to you. So please buy my merch. Um, <laughs> and um, this is going to be the last episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast for a minute because um, in my life, sometimes life throws a little bit of a curveball and I've sort of been emotionally dealing with some stuff because my mother who I love very much and who is a supportive of, of everything that I do um has been sick and she's in a hospital um currently right now recovering from some stuff um and we've been trying to take care of her and oversee you know her recovery and stuff like that and it's been hard but she is actually recovering in a positive way so please continue to send your thoughts and prayers to the Hardy family for real um, and I'm going to also be preparing for the Belladonna division show as well. So with all of that happening, this is going to be the last episode of the Hardy Resin podcast for a minute. I'm going to still be watching wrestling and probably still be posting stuff from past episodes and stuff until I start creating new episodes, um, later on next year. But for now, Stephanie needs to take some time to take care of herself. Um, take care of her family, her mom. Um, and also celebrate the holiday and just prepare for things that's coming up. And I know life can be really hard and throw you some curveballs at times. But the thing about life is you can either have, you can either be really scared because that's how I've been in the past couple of weeks. You can either be really scared or trust and center yourself in whatever, however it is you center yourself and push through and lean into the positive. Lean into the positive and believe that the best is always yet to come. And believe that truth and light will always win even in the even in the darkest of the dark. So that's what I'm trying to hold on to myself now in this stage of my life. And hopefully you can hold on to that as well. And like I said I'm going to still be watching wrestling I'm going to still you know, keep up with everything But um, new episodes probably won't start Until maybe um, A little bit later Maybe later in January into February Of course because February will be The two year anniversary of the show So Please continue to support the show And support wrestling as a whole Not even just the mainstream wrestling But also the independent wrestling That's in your hometown as well Um, and just continue to love each other and support each other and most importantly love yourself and take care of yourself because you all you got so with that in mind um, I want to thank Aubrey Edwards for coming on my show and for being a great guest on this season finale of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and continue to follow her and support her wherever you see her and until next time this is the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy um have a great holiday have a great new year um watch day one and relax with the fam or whatever and bye y'all